Episode 64, Easter is Pagan. In the midst of the 12 days of winter solace, or 12 days of Christmas, there is the Christmas holiday. Winter Solace, or Yule Festival of Lights, starts around December the 21st and is a 12-day celebration that ends on New Year's. Mardi Gras is linked to the Roman pagan celebrations of Saturnalia, which honors the god of Saturn from December the 17th to December the 23rd. This celebration is for 12 days, and the start date may vary. Mardi Gras is also linked to Lupercalia, an ancient pagan festival held each year in Rome on February the 15th. The festival was observed from February the 13th to February the 15th, and Valentine's Day is celebrated on February the 14th. The reveries of Mardi Gras last until midnight, when Ash Wednesday ushers in 40 days of Lent. Then Easter begins the day after Lent. In 601 AD, Pope Gregory moved the beginning of Lent from the fourth Sunday of the year to Ash Wednesday, 46 days before Easter. This change allowed for 40 days of fasting with six Sundays counted as feast days for the total of 46 days of Lent. Ionon and Roman theology differed on when Easter should be celebrated. They went back and forth on what date should Easter be celebrated on. Should it be the 14th day of the first lunar month or per the 84-year Laticus cycle invented by Severus, a Christian writer of France? They resolved their differences by having different dates to celebrate Easter. The word Easter is the German goddess of spring named Istra or Ustra, who was accompanied by her fertility symbols of rabbits and decorated eggs taken from the Saxons. Rabbits were associated with fertility. Anglo-Saxons held feast in Istra or Ustra's honor, which was later changed to the celebration of the resurrection of Jesus. During the vernal equinox, pagan worshippers celebrated with a festival in honor of Istra or Ustra, and they wore new clothes at the festival because it brought them good luck. Roman Emperor Constantine declared that his court would wear the finest new clothing on Easter. The tradition came to mark the end of Lent, and the old clothes worn during Lent were discarded for the new ones worn on Easter. The Chinese celebrate the lunar year by wearing new clothes as well, and it's a sign of new beginnings. So your clothes at Easter had to be new, or you would experience bad luck. A 15th century superstitious proverb from Poor Robin's Almanac stated that if one's clothes on Easter were not new, one would have bad luck. At Easter, let your clothes be new or else for sure you will it rue. In the 16th century, during the Tudor reign, it was believed that unless a person wore new garments at Easter, moths would eat the old ones and evil crows would nest around their homes. Before the Christian celebrations of the egg began, the egg was a symbol of the rebirth 
of the earth and new life. The Easter egg hunt is believed to have started in Germany. The Easter egg hunt is linked to the Easter bunny, originally known as the Easter hare. Hares were also associated with fertility and the Virgin Mary. Customs was the hare would bring a basket of brightly painted eggs for all the children who had been good and these would be hidden around the house or garden for the children to find. Various traditions and superstitions sprang up around the egg at Easter. Eggs laid on Good Friday were said to turn into diamonds if they were kept for a hundred years. Some thought that eggs cooked on Good Friday and eaten on Easter would promote fertility and prevent sudden death. And it became the custom to have your eggs blessed before you ate them. It was said if your egg had two yolks, you'll soon become rich. In Devon and Cornwall, people used to play games like conkers with their eggs, hitting them against each other until one of them cracked. This is per the EnglishHeritage.org. Historians noted that Protestant leader Martin Luther organized Easter egg hunts for his church members. The men would hide the eggs for the women and children to find. This was a nod to the story of the resurrection in which the empty tomb was discovered by women. What? Prior to the Saxons and the German pagan celebrations of the spring goddesses and eggs, there was Nimrod and the Tower of Babel, where all demonic and evil doings can be traced back to after the flood. Nimrod's wife birthed a child named Tammuz, who was born on December the 25th, the Christmas holiday. Nimrod's wife was the goddess of fertility. Her name was Ishtar, and she convinced people that her son, who she had after Nimrod death was Nimrod reborn or reincarnated. Also, Babylonian superstitions believed that an egg fell into the Euphrates River from heaven and that's how Nimrod's wife was hatched. Okay, from Nimrod to Egypt to the Greeks to the Romans and to now. Paganism has survived from century to century and paganism has always been mixed in with some truth making it difficult for people to decipher or really see from the surface what's true and what's not. We've learned in the study of the Christian church that the Germanic tribes, which included the Anglo-Saxons, followed paganism prior to their conversion to Christianity. Pope Gregory allowed them to keep their pagan temples just as long as they converted to Christianity and even saw no problem with them following their old customs and festivals. Pope Gregory was all about acquiring land, which is why he paid the Lombards to get Rome back. Spreading Christianity was for political purposes, which was to establish the Roman Empire as the Catholic Christian Church. We have learned that Easter was not a celebration ancient Israelites followed or participated in. Easter centered around pagan worship of the sun, Nimrod's wife Ishtar, and the German spring fertility goddess Istra or Ustra. Yes, they can take these pagan traditions and make them fit into the death of Yeshua in one way or another, but these traditions are not necessary. And with a pagan foundation, it's all unwarranted. We can celebrate Yeshua on his own name and merits without mixing with pagan traditions. Yeshua dying on Good Friday and rising on Sunday morning is not even three days. 
Luke 24 and 7, saying, The Son of Man must be delivered unto the hands of sinful men and be crucified, and the third day rise again. And who started Good Friday anyway? If Yeshua died on a Friday, it was not a good day or a good Friday. What was done to him was horrific, and his death was not something the disciples dwelt on. BBC.com states, The earliest known use of Good Friday is found in the South English Legendary, a text from around 1290, according to the dictionary. According to the Baltimore Catechism, the standard U.S. Catholic school text from 1885 to the 1960s, Good Friday is good because Christ showed his great love for man and purchased of him every blessing. I thought Yeshua died for us to be free from sin, but okay. The Catholic Encyclopedia, first published in 1907, states that the Good Friday's term origins are not clear. It says some sources see its origins in the term God's Friday or Gottes Freitag, while others maintain that it's from the German Gute Freitag. It notes that the day was called Long Friday by the Anglo-Saxons and is referred to as such in modern Danish. It also says that the day is known as the Holy and Great Friday in the Greek liturgy, Holy Friday in Roman languages, and Sorrowful Friday in German. The disciples did not commemorate a Good Friday, period. But no one wants to remember the worst days of their lives. And this is what Christianity has done by exemplifying the worst day of Yeshua's life, by promoting the sales of new clothes, new Easter suits and dresses, new hats, Easter eggs, Easter baskets, Easter candy, Easter egg hunts, crosses, and coming to church at least this one time out the year. The best thing we can do in remembering and honoring Yeshua's ultimate sacrifice is to accept his grace, which is to repent and make every effort to be delivered from sin. John 19, 14, 15. And it was the preparation of the Passover and about the sixth hour. And he said unto the Jews, Behold, your king. But they cried out, Away with him, away with him, crucify him. Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar, Matthew twenty nineteen, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Matthew is saying the Gentiles crucified him, but translations in John state the Jews did by crying out, crucify him. But Pilate asked the chief priests, should I crucify your king? And they said, our king is Caesar. What we know is that the crucifixions were the customs of Rome. The crucifixion of Yeshua was ordered by Pontius Pilate, a Gentile, the Roman governor of the Roman province of Judea. In the crowds shouting crucify him were Gentiles, thieves, and people who supported Barabbas. And I'm sure there were some Israelites who were lost in the Greek and Roman customs like Paul was and members of the chief priest. They were raised in these customs and that's all they knew. But let's be clear, the true Israelites who were following Yeshua and had accepted Yeshua were not crying out for Pilate to crucify him. 
Britannica.com states, According to the early biblical scholar Origen, the church father, and other commentators, the full name of Barabbas may have been Jesus Barabbas, since Jesus was a common first name. If so, the crowd was presented with a choice between two persons with the same name. So there's more to the story, and blaming the crucifixion on the Israelites is not completely accurate when the sentencing was done by Pontius Pilate, a Gentile who later committed suicide. Yeshua was crucified during the Passover time frame. An exact day of the week is to be determined. We just know that Friday to Sunday morning is not three days. Also, the disciples didn't dwell on the crucifixion of Yeshua because it was a nightmare experience for them. Yeshua was a beloved, loved one to them. But through their anguish, they still believed in Yeshua and why he came, which was to save them and the Israelites from their sins. That's why the Israelites are required to follow the holy days of Passover and unleavened bread in mid-April and not Easter. April is the first month of the Hebrew calendar, the start of a bid or barley season. We follow the Torah, the Old Testament prophets, and the teachings of Yeshua and not pagan holidays or repurposed pagan holidays like attaching easter egg hunts to women who were going to yeshua's tomb just stop repent and no longer participate in the pagan holidays of easter lent mardi gras valentine's new year's christmas etc matthew 7 and 21 not everyone that said unto me yah yah shall enter into the kingdom of heaven but he that doeth the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Isaiah 53 and 5. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. And with his stripes, we are healed. Yeshua alone is enough. And we honor him daily as our ultimate sacrifice to gain access to his father, our father, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. As we seek truth, please seek truth with us. Please send questions or comments to info at truthwars.com or comment here. We don't claim to know everything. We just seek the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob that knows everything. Let truth roar, let truth reign, let truth speak, and let truth set you and your entire family free. Truth roars. Truth reigns, truth speaks, truth sets me free. Please see a podcast disclaimer at truthwars.com.